success. Okay? You're going to have to believe, right? So, sell Jesus. Start over. Amen. So, what do you rejoice in? The hope of the glory of God. That is Christ Jesus. That was the hope that Jesus would come and God fulfilled the hope through his son Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Um, Anthony, before we get into the text, put verse Colossians 1.27 on the board. We have access by faith into grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope. Right? So when Christ came, he brought hope to what? Every situation. Everything, when stuff was dead, he rose it from the dead. Uh, stuff that needed to die, he spoke to it and it died, right? So things that need to die off in your, le- in your life, God knows how. Listen, through Christ Jesus, you can speak to it and it'll die off and you can move on. Amen. There's some stuff that need to die off anyway. You know, there's some stuff that you've already let die. Some of those old habits you used to have, Jesus came in and killed a whole lot of stuff that needed to be killed that you couldn't kill. But that hope that came into you did this. So you can rejoice. How many you been set free from one area of your life? How many can you rejoice about it? Colossians one twenty seven. Let's read it. Stop right there. Which is Christ where? The riches. That's the riches, right? So you're never broke because you got the riches in you. All you got to do is produce what's in out and quit holding it in. God told me to teach a message for Sunday. He said, tell him to complete the transaction. (laughs) That's what we're going to talk about Sunday. That's a prelude. Tell all your friends to be here. Um, To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. What is it? The. The hope of. So I told you um, the hope of glory is Christ who is dwelling in you. Therefore, you are not hopeless no matter what situation you face. You have the hope of glory already in you, which is rich and ready to come out of you. And let's just tell the truth for a minute. Sometimes we allow our minds to stop to stop the will of God from going forward in our life by thinking 
that you're defeated, by thinking that it's going to stay the same, by thinking they'll never change, by thinking you're under attack, by thinking you, your mind will start thinking the wrong way. But see, we're not supposed to think with our minds. We think by the word which dwells in us. And the word has never failed you. Don't let your mind have no authority over the faith of God that's in you. All right. Philippians chapter number three. (laughs) Don't let your mind. Don't let your mind. Don't let your mind rule over your heart. Don't let your mind come against this word. Let this mind be in you. Don't let the mind cause your mouth to say something that curses you when your mouth was designed to bless you. Your mind is always trying to do that. And then you'll talk about the problem. Anybody in here just talk about problems every now and then? You don't got to raise your hand. Just just wink at me. Really, when we talk about the problem, it is like taking a water hose and watering a weed. You are giving it access to grow in your life. Instead, you could talk about how Jesus has already worked it out. And somebody could look at you where you are and say, oh, you're dealing with this? No, I'm not dealing with it. I gave that to Jesus. Can't you see? I'm high and lifted up already. See, when you get high and lifted up in the spirit realm, it comes into the natural. When you start to talk about the manifestation of what God will do, can do, is doing, and done. It happens. Amen. All right, so Paul Paul begins to write, and he's writing to the Philippian church, and he's um, speaking to them in humility and talking to them about humility <clears throat> and um, how to, to allow them to... Uh, um, Uh, Get out of your mind, stay in Christ and, you know, die to yourself. And, you know, Paul, Paul was one who was really humiliated um, to the point that no matter how much suffering he went through, he was beat like a dog and and thrown into prison and and just really happy that God had saved him. See, he was focused on being saved and delivered by the son of God of the living God. He knew that Jesus ruled over his life. He knew that no matter what he went through, that Jesus was taking him through it. He knew that no matter what, when this life was over, there was eternal weight of glory. He knew that there wouldn't be more on him than he could bear. Paul knew that no matter what went on, that Jesus was still in charge of his life and the and, he knew that the word said it rains on the just and, 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 the, and the righteous, the ones who are not just and the ones who are just. Paul knew that stuff 
happens in life. Paul also knew that he was called, that he met Jesus. He knew he had a relationship. When you know that you have a relationship with Jesus, you know that there's no circumstance that he can't get you out of. When you know, you got to know, you got to know. So he's teaching them in the first couple of chapters and he's trying to get them out of self because self will have you think more of you than you do about Jesus without realizing that you are stuck on you. And when you are stuck on you, you are holding the Christ that dwells in you, the hope of glory to be released in every situation and circumstance in your life. You got to know. And when you know, you can bow down and say, you know what, Lord, however you work it out. Just hold me together while you work it out. Whatever I got to go through, just your word says you wouldn't put more on me than you could bear. I know you know what's going on. I think I know what's going on. <laughs> and it's something that we, we come to church and we get the word of God and we get excited. Oh, that was a good word. But we don't put the word in action. We could talk about it, but it's time to be about it. It's time to be a reflection. God says, who is it that I could trust? that I can allow my power to be released in this earth realm. Is it you? Is it you or are you still talking about you? Is it, can God give you his glory so that he'll be glorified through your, your life? Is it you or do you still want things your way? Paul teaches, and I, I, I would submit to you read one and two because he's talking about humility and then he talks about your mind and he's trying to tell you to let Christ even have your mind. Let it go. We 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 try to hold on to stuff and I, I'm going to be real because there's stuff that happens in life that cause you to think about it. And then if it's not just you thinking about it, then you got the enemy trying to remind you of stuff. And it always come in three because if it's not your mind and then his voice, then he send a friend <laughs> or a foe, somebody to say something that uh, takes you somewhere you don't need to go. And now you're back on the throne when Christ has to sit on the throne of your life. I said he has to. So Paul teaches about this humility and how we have to be humble so that we can be submissive to the will of God. Then he said, finally, (laughs) chapter number three, verse number one, finally, my brethren, rejoice in yourself. Rejoice. In your circumstances. See? You can go and watch your kids play a game and they win. They do something great. You start rejoicing. Am I telling the truth? You can watch your favorite team play and they do something good. You start rejoicing. 
right? The praise team can be worshiping. You can start rejoicing. But you don't, listen, you don't need nothing to have to condition you to rejoice. You should rejoice when? In what? In the Lord. So then, if you, listen, if you can't pay your bills, should you stop rejoicing? Hmm? What if your best friend walk out on you? Should you start rejoicing? <laughs> she said, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Sometimes you need to. <laughs> we, we, we condition, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Listen, if you have another breath, he ought to get it. He, 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 ought to get, he gave it to you. When you went to breathe in, he breathed out. So when you breathe out, you ought to give him something. Rejoice, condition ourselves to be so focused on him that you can't help but rejoice him. Do you remember when you first got saved? You didn't judge nobody. Ain't that something? How when you first got saved, you didn't judge no one. And now, God has given you his power to lead others into salvation. But we talk about how messed up they are instead of how God's going to use me to deliver them out. So we would see it different based on the word of God. So then every setback is an opportunity for a comeback. That's why God allows crazy stuff to happen in your life. My first child sent me to the hospital because she was disobedient and I was judging her. And I, you, you know, you, and my, man, my, my chest started hurting. I, I had high blood pressure, everything. I went to the hospital. They said, I thought I was having a heart attack. They said, no, you stress it. I haven't stressed since then because I realized in that scene, and all that pain, I started talking to God. You know how when you get scared, you'll start talking to God. I thought I was having a heart attack. God told me, why are you so hard on her? Don't you remember you? Now I got these other children coming up. And they started to go, well, all right, y'all go. I'll be here when you get back. Because you learn. You learn to trust God to be who he said he is. If God says that by your faith, I'll save your whole household, there's no more worrying about the kids. God is so awesome that he said, I'm waiting on you so that I could do what I do, but 
when we worry, we hold back God. Do you know there's people that are messed up in your life waiting for you to rejoice over their salvation? Can you see them saved or are you still seeing how messed up they are? Mm. So he says, Paul said this way, he says, rejoice in the Lord. Why? He saved you. He delivered you. He's a deliverer. He's a healer. Hmm? He's a companion. He's a comforter. He covers it all. Rejoice in the Lord. And when you start rejoicing, you start releasing the power of God that's in you over your situation. Amen. Okay, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same thing to you is not tedious, but for you, it is safe. Now, he, he says that because in 1 Thessalonians, um, Chapter 5, verse 16, he says the same thing. He says, rejoice in the Lord. So he comes back and he says it again. And he says, it's not tedious. He said, but this is for your, for your sake. He says, when you rejoice in the Lord, you won't worry about nothing. When you rejoice in the Lord, it changes everything. Then he, then he, then he picks up here. Now let's go with verse number, <clears throat> verse number two. He says, <clears throat> Beware of the dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. Okay, so he says, he, he tells us what to do. And then he says, beware of the dogs, beware of evil workers, beware. Now, now check this out. This, let's just look at it for a minute. Beware of the dogs, beware of evildoers. Have some evildoers ever showed up in your life? So then he says, rejoice in the Lord so that when evildoers come, it does not affect you. What do you do when evildoers come? You keep rejoicing in the, you got to go back to stage one. If you start off rejoicing, you can keep rejoicing and your rejoicing will run the evildoers away from you. So Paul is trying to tell you, trying to set us up. So whatever happens in your life, you will not feel defeated or you will not allow them to take you out of who God has called you to be. He says, beware of them. In other words, they're coming. Dogs bark a lot. They'll just, rawr, rawr, rawr. and so you get people in your life that be talking a lot. They be barking. And, and for whatever reason, we start entertaining what they have to say. And it doesn't even apply to us most of the time. And so, well, they hurt me by the words that they said. Well, you chose to receive the words. Because there's some stuff you shouldn't receive. Because you have a choice. If you rejoice in the Lord, you know they didn't mean it anyway. Right? Because when Jesus was on the cross, they were saying all what they were saying. Jesus said, forgive them. Because they don't know. 
anyone who comes against you to say anything, they don't know. You ever say some stuff wrong in the heat of a moment? Why did you say it? You didn't know. You was functioning in you. Because you allowed whatever was going on that Paul warned us about, whether it was an evildoer or an evil talker, you allowed it to change who God had already made you to be. You're a kingdom kid. You got all power locked up in you. And listen, the enemy will send folks for you to change you. But God allowed them to come so you could change them. See that? You have the power to do so. But we do this. Oh, they keep doing But that doesn't help. When Paul and Silas was in jail, the Bible said that they were singing praises to God. That's rejoicing because where they were did not change who they were. So they were still singing to the God who had changed them, knowing if he changed them, he could change their situation. And not only did he change their situation, but he came because they were rejoicing. He shook the earth. Now, I want to I want to talk to the earth shakers right now. Know that God is ready to use you to shake some stuff up and don't get so um, beat up over what's going on in your life. God has a plan. Say it with me. God has a plan. One more time. God has a plan. Now, let's say it like you believe it. God has a plan. Now you can rejoice over the plan. And his plan is to prosper you. And that you would be in good health. His plan is that God said his plan that he would come not as a thief to kill, to steal and to destroy. We don't want to talk about what the thief is doing. We want to talk about what Jesus came for. He came that you, say me. You would have life and have it more abundantly. So then we got to, John 10 and 10, let's open that back. We got to go there for a minute. John 10 and 10. Who has it? Go ahead and read it loud, Johnny. John 10 and 10. Okay. So, so, so the thief, the thief, the evildoer, he's coming to do what? To steal, to kill. What else, Johnny? And destroy. That's what he does. Right? He comes to kill. Right. He's trying he's trying to take your hope and make it dead. 
He's trying to kill it. And then he want to steal it so that you can't look back at it. And if you have no hope, you're destroyed. That's his mission. But he can't win. Because when Jesus came, it changed everything that the thief does. If you allow Jesus to be who he is in your life. So he came. Go ahead, Johnny. He have come that they. Okay, I have come that they might have life. And that they may have it more abundant, more abundant. How many of you got abundance in your life? How many got more than one pair of socks? You got more than two shirts? That's abundant. <laughs> Listen, but he says even more than that. Because when he's talking about more, he's giving you more than you could ever think about. He's giving you peace that you can't explain. Joy that is full. Uh, he, he, he's given you, right, unspeakable joy. He's given you love that you can't even understand. And so he, he's given us abundance because that's what he does. And he wants you to focus on what he does. But we have let our focus drift. That's why he had us teaching on faith. So that we can go back to focusing on faith. Instead of focusing on stuff and your own self and bringing out your own confidence when we should have no confidence in ourselves, but have all confidence in God. All right. Verse number two. Verse number three of. Um. Philippians 3. It says, for we are, it says, beware of the mutilation, the evil workers, beware of the dog. He said, for we are the circumcision who worship God in what? In the spirit. And then it says, rejoice in Christ Jesus Okay, we worship God where? In the spirit man. And then it says rejoice in Christ Jesus. Now, that would be okay. That's good right there. But this is what the word is teaching us. We put too much confidence in man. And most of the time, it's been the man in the mirror. Because when you can look at somebody else's life and say where they should be, that is where you have put confidence in you instead of in God. God knew exactly when to save you. He knew exactly when. Let me say this. 
God knew exactly when to rescue from you from trouble. God knew exactly when to bless you. Some, some of us, God has blessed you at certain times and you say, I'm so glad he didn't bless me way back then because I didn't have enough wisdom back then. It took him, shoot, it took him 400 years to bless the children in Israel. They had to go to generation because he had to work out, work them to believe him because they kept focusing on them. So when you rejoice, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> if you don't get nothing else from tonight, rejoicing has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. Is that good? So I said, have no confidence in the flesh, though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee concerning the zeal, persecuting the church concerning the righteous, which is in the law blameless. But the things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, whom I have suffered and lost of all things, and I count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through Christ, through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Paul says all that he was, all the languages he spoke, all the law he knew, it all counts as rubbish. He can recite, he could recite the law better than anybody. He was a follower of a law that he thought was the right law but he counts everything that he had, all the money that he had, captains of many armies, all that he had. He says, all of that amounts to nothing. I have no confidence in nothing. So I have to ask you tonight, is your confidence truly in God? Do you love him? I'm going to ask you again. Do you love him? He says in John 14, he says, if you love me, you would rejoice. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. If you love me, you will rejoice. Right? And he, say, and he goes on to say, he, because they were downcast because he had said he was going to die, go to heaven, and they were all feeling down. And he says, hold up. If you love me, you rejoice. Because I told you I'm going to the Father, and he's greater than I am. 
Jesus is sitting right next to the Father, connected to you, and made you joint heirs with him already. Amen. Now have confidence in your connection. When, when, how many of you like got connection? You know, my wife would tell me something, she said, why don't you ask us, you know, you got that favor. I said, you got the same favor? We connected to the same source. I just believe. If you believe, you'll get the same results. How many of you believe you enjoy the air? <laughs> when you are connected, your confidence changes. And if your confidence change, you know that you have the favor of God. So if you know it's going to work out for you because of your connection, you'll be rejoicing. You never be down. The church should never be downcast. Because God is going to allow us to experience things that are uncomfortable. But he will deliver us. And he will make it better. And he will bring abundance. That's just what he does. Say I'm confident in God. First John 4 and 15, we're going to go home. 514, first John 514. First John. Say I'm confident in God. Shout Jesus. Shout Jesus. All right. Who are you going to rejoice in? <laughs> you you know I I was I was I was listening to a song and somebody said well, you know I don't really like that song I said I love that song and the song wasn't saying too much about nothing except for Jesus the Je- I, I just kept hearing the name and there's something about the name it don't take a whole lot man don't got to put a whole lot in it just because he's getting glorified it just does something to me and so 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 when we have our confidence in him it doesn't matter about the mutilator okay. It doesn't matter about the dogs barking. And it don't matter about the evildoers. Okay? What matters is him. And when he becomes the affection that you are just thriving for, you release. You release a rejoicing spirit of confidence in him. And that's why he tells us to rejoice because it's him being released. Say, I got confidence in Jesus. Let's read it. Stop right there. This is the confidence that we have in who? Not in us. Not in our circumstance, right? Our Every circ- you've been in a hundred thousand circumstances, all of them have changed. One time you was holding a pencil, then you went to a pen. One time you was in kindergarten, you went to first grade. Every circumstance, stuff changes. You had blue shoes, now you got white shoes, now you got blue and white. That stuff changed. God don't change. We have been so used to change that we have let go of the unchanging hand. 
so that when our circumstances change, we remain the same. And we just rejoice. Okay. <clears throat> confidence in him. This is the confidence that we have in him. Let's go. Stop there. If we ask, what? Anything, what else? According to his will. Okay. So if you ask anything that is harmonious with the word of God, he hears you. Verse 16. 15, 15. And if we know, how many of you know he hears you? That he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have. The petitions that we have asked. Oh, goodness. God, I ask you to move me here. If that's God's will, you're going to be there. The problem becomes we are so strong-willed. We got to give him the will. You want to drive it? You want to be it? But he says, I've given you my spirit. Get in the back seat so I could show for you. So he says, you pray according to my will for your life. Well, your word says that I would have life and have him, and I'm not experiencing that. His will will bypass your thought process. We delay God getting us here. Even though we prayed it. Because What was your confidence at? He willed it to be there. And, and I thought about this for a minute. My mama used to always tell me, boy, you got to obey God. You got to have a relationship with God. And I wanted to relate everywhere else. But she had already told me. And I know she believed that I was going to be over there. It, I didn't get there the next day. It didn't mean that that wasn't God's will. We got to stop saying, God, you didn't do it. You don't like me no more. And say, Lord, just keep me while you take me because I already know what your promise is for me. And I don't know how long it's going to take me to get there, but I know I'm already there in the spirit realm. So I'm going to rejoice right here and right now and let you know that I'm releasing everything that you placed inside of me. So you will know that my confidence is in your word. And when you start releasing, you start moving. See, when that's the whole deal. You have to know that, you know, that's what it said. And if we know. We be thinking too much. We just got to know. We got to know. And everything that you know, 
you'll be ready to have joy about it. Because God's promises are full of joy. And if you've got promise locked up inside of you, and you know that God has great plans for you, then you ought to start rejoicing right here and right now. Go ahead and rejoice because you know that you have everything that you have petitioned for. I'm really believing for some things. I'm believing for some things. I'm not believing for them for me. I'm believing for them for you. Because God is showing me things and telling me how to pray for each of you. And all I want you to do is lock in your faith with my faith. Because I believe God. And I have every confidence in him. That he's not. He, listen, he's going to bypass crazy thinking to bless you. But all I want you to start doing is every time the dogs start barking, you start worshiping. Start releasing. Start rejoicing. Even when it don't look good. Start rejoicing because you know it's going to be good. Huh? But if you start doing I get I guarantee you, you're going to see the miracle signs and wonders of things that have been delayed for you. Delayed. You got stuff bubbling in your spirit wondering, I know it's going to happen, I know it's going to happen. Yeah, well, God says, get them to start rejoicing so I can do it. Amen. Y'all ready to go? We got to go.